We're celebrating Marketplace's 35th anniversary with some throwback thank you gifts available during this March fundraiser. We took our old dot-com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how much you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash donate. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash donate. Recently on the Marketplace Morning Report, you heard our Democracy in the Desert series. We took you to places characterized by researchers as news deserts to see what communities stand to lose when they're without a local news ecosystem, especially during an election year. This kind of reporting takes resources. David Brancaccio went on a six-day reporting trip with two of our producers, grounding themselves in these communities and meeting locals who are trying to find solutions and fill the gaps. Every donation to Marketplace helps sustain this kind of in-depth journalism. Please give what you can today at marketplace.org slash donate. Profit versus humanity when it comes to artificial intelligence. I'm David Brancaccio. First, Congress has averted a government shutdown. Yesterday, the House and Senate passed a funding bill. Short term, though, Nancy Marshall Genzer reports. Congress is supposed to pass 12 spending bills every year to fund government agencies. The legislation should have been finished before October 1st, when the government's fiscal year started. Lawmakers missed that deadline and have been passing a series of stopgap bills to keep the government running. This latest short-term measure funds about a half dozen federal agencies through March 8th. The rest get enough money to last until March 22nd. Congressional leaders say they will have the permanent spending bills done before those deadlines, to prevent a government shutdown, but there are still areas of disagreement that could bog things down. I'm Nancy Marshall-Genzer for Marketplace. All right. The chat GPT company OpenAI is one of the hottest business stories of this era. Today, there's word Tesla and SpaceX tycoon Elon Musk is suing OpenAI and its founder Sam Altman for, in Musk's view, abandoning its promise to build artificial intelligence for the benefit of humanity. The suit targets OpenAI's alliance with Microsoft, calling it, quote, closed source de facto subsidiary of the largest tech company in the world. Musk is one of OpenAI's founders, but is no longer on the board. OpenAI is not commenting. Markets S&P futures are down a tenth of a percent. NASDAQ futures are flat. And here's one more number. The real estate app Zillow calculates you have to earn $47,000 more a year now than in 2020 to comfortably afford to buy the typical home as residential real estate prices soar. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts. 
They say all politics is local, so where's the local news coverage this election year? We've been visiting news deserts in Super Tuesday states to hear about the business models failing or informing voters ahead of Tuesday's primary. As we wrap up this week's special coverage, a conversation with a man in Virginia's Shenandoah Valley who had to pull the plug on the local newspaper he published for years, who now gets by printing mainly college newspapers. UVA is printed here. Virginia Tech is printed here. VCU is printed here. They're all printed here. That's Keith Stickley, owner of Shenandoah Publications in Edinburgh, Virginia, as we tour the towering spools of virgin newsprint in his press room, quiet on a snowy winter evening. We settle in a warmer spot upstairs. Keith, thanks for having me by. Sure, sure. Glad you're here. You're a longtime newspaper man. You originally were on the editorial side? Always on the editorial side. But what brought you back here? Well, this is my hometown. And since you have a newspaper background, you thought you might start a newspaper? Well, I didn't come back here for that purpose. I actually came back here to uh, to manage an existing newspaper here. And uh, and I did for about 10 years. And, and we had a disagreement with the publisher. And uh, so I, I left that paper and created my own. And what was that called? It was called The Free Press. And did it make you rich quick? <laughs> The newspaper that I created in 1985 only had two profitable years. That was the first two years. And I realized at at that time that I was going to have to do something because this is my hometown. So I said, so so I had to create this printing company. So we, we created the printing company to subsidize the newspaper. And... That was a newspaper that had reporters that covered things? Yeah. It was a, a pretty aggressive newspaper, actually. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the uh, county supervisors uh, said after, the, after we closed the paper that the best thing ever happened in this county was that we closed. In other words, a politician didn't like— because, uh, because our coverage was too aggressive. But in 2019, uh, it, it became clear that we, we were not going to be able to continue to do this. First of all, I was getting older and not able to keep up with the pace and, and, and you know, the deadline, and, and we were losing money with it. And we'd been losing money for 32 years. This is an election year. You think people suffer when they don't have what you would call aggressive coverage of local issues? Well, they suffer at any time because there's no good, credible source of information in this county today. Even though it has one newspaper, there are 21,000 postal addresses in this county. The only newspaper left in this county reaches fewer than 10% of those. You might have people here in the community willing to voice an opinion right. about what's right. going on, right. but that's different from having a reporter who was at the meeting and actually listened to what, right. you know, what was decided and what money went where. Right, right. And we, we, we're probably printing... Uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 30, uh, weeklies, monthlies, and papers like that. But there are very few of those publications that are printed here that are not experiencing financial difficulty. But the ones that, that seem to be doing the best are the ones that are relying on soft news. They're not covering government. They're not covering the courts. But they're chock full of feature material. Uh, a new banjo player showed up in town. That's all nice, but it's not giving the community the kind of information that the community needs to vote. 
Are their tax monies being properly spent? With the internet and all this social media and new forms of communication, there's such a rich variety of places that you can find out information, some of it news, some of it not, except on the hyper-local coverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't get that. You know, it was newspapers that were very good at that part. They were. They were. But it costs. It, it costs money to do that, even in a town this size. Keith Stickley, thank you very much. Enjoyed it very much. Always enjoyed talking about newspapers. All of our Democracy in the Desert coverage is woven into a Marketplace Morning Report podcast special out later today. I'm David Brancaccio. We're from APM, American Public Media.